2: 97. one FM Talk Podcast.
3: Friday afternoon on 97.1 FM Talk. Mark Reardon. We just wrapped up a Reardon Roundtable. Jane Duker is going to hang with us here for this hour. Fred is in the uh, house as well. The future Hall of Famer next week uh, is yeah. the week, Jane. Isn't that fantastic? He goes Isn't
4: into that fantastic? Media Hall well of Fame. Well deserved. Very well
3: deserved. So who's doing Sue's News this afternoon? Sue is off. That would be Jane, right? It's Jane. Jane Sue's News. Fred is handing over the mantle here for the day. A couple things before we get to that. Here we have Paul Hall on some entertainment news this hour. Jane, we have to catch up on some shows because we haven't talked dueling streaming shows for a while. I've got a couple that I've watched. I know that you're um, watching True Detective. We'll get into that. By the way, there's a a show, and this kind of leads me into this evening's uh, programming, the rest of it. Kusimano is going to be here at 445 at 5 o'clock. In an hour. But was Jane there the day that Bud Hadeke was out at the Fish Fry, out in O'Fallon, the World War II vet that flew? I'm not was even sure if you were there that day. You was might that have... the
4: one? Because there was one I missed. Was that the one I missed? That might have been oh, the well.
3: one that, that you okay, missed. Okay, remind but me. This guy is now 98 years old. It's an incredible story. He was featured in um, a documentary that's on... Max. Yeah, and Max called the cold blue. They interviewed all these um, 8th Air Force pilots, and Bud had just gotten back from Belgium, I think, when we spoke with him last year. So Masters of the Air started today on Apple TV+, and it's about you know, what what he used to do in these combat missions. Yes, well, I want to watch that. Right. So that started today, so Bud's going to weigh in on that in the next hour. Also, Liz Collin, who is the producer of the new documentary, The Fall of Minneapolis, which is really eye-opening. I got to watch a good portion of that as well. So that's all coming up here in just a couple of minutes. Let me, before we get to um, Sue's News featuring Jane this afternoon... A musical quiz. I did one of these a couple of days ago. You guys failed because right. I had Billy Idol <laughs> doing a cover of a Bob Seeger song. So maybe you've heard about this, maybe not. Can you tell me who these artists are? The
5: duet.
3: That is The Late Glenn Campbell with oh, Eric Church. Oh, and it's wow. a new record that is going to come out in April. And this single came out today. Posthumously, they um, recorded these songs with Glenn Campbell's you know, voice that had already been tracked, I guess. It's called the Glenn Campbell Duets, Ghosts on the Canvas Sessions. And this is um, the first single. So I guess that the Campbell vocals remain the same, but each track is then a collaboration. These are songs, I guess, that Glenn had recorded right. in the past, and they just made them duets. Carol King's on this. Oh, Eric Clapton. Elton it. John Sting. Dolly Parton is all featured, I think I said April 9th, the record comes out on April 19th. So Oh, I will
4: get that. Um, yeah, yeah, that like kind of came
3: out of the blue yesterday, uh, or this morning, I guess, is when they released it. That record, Ghosts on the Canvas, was released in the summer of 2011. Uh, and if you've never seen Glenn Campbell, I'll Be Me, the documentary about you know Glenn in his last year with Alzheimer's, yeah. it is, yeah. it's hard for me to recommend that documentary because it's so heartbreaking. Right. It's so tough to watch at times. You have a guy that on the one hand can remember the licks from a guitar solo that he did in 1967 and at the same time he cannot identify who his own daughter is in right. the room because it's, the your brain. brain operates yeah. in very unique ways so I, I would highly recommend that I know it would be very tough for people who have gone through some of those things with their own family members but I thought that was kind of interesting collaboration it that is. record's coming out in April alright let's do this this afternoon these allegations are deeply concerning does the president have any comments
4: we're not going to come in. It's not clear
3: messaging. No, 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 no.
1: And now, Sue's News. Sponsored by Mr. Appliance. Speedy expert service. Mr. Appliance.com.
4: And oh. in
3: for Sue, Jane Duker.
4: Yes. Okay, we're going to start with birthdays. Um, so, on this day in 1961, the great one. Wayne Gretzky was born in Ontario. Um, he is 63 today, which is just young.
3: <laughs> I always feel it's it's kind of frightening to hear of athletes that are in how do I put this in the same age range essentially that some of us yeah, are it's right not because pretty. I always envisioned Wayne Gretzky oh you know he played when I was younger he's much older but that's yeah. not the case
4: sad um, he only played uh, 18 games regular season games with the Blues and he had eight goals and 13 assists and then he played 13 games in the playoffs and so um, he's great he's the great Does he one he still
3: live here officially.
4: I don't think so. Doesn't he well, split he's his married, time, he's married. Well, Janet Jones is oh, from he here. Oh, yeah, he had yeah. yeah. He has a home here, but I don't know if they are here I all the time. I think they spend a fair amount of time yeah. here. He's here often, it says. So, yeah, I believe that. Okay, we have another birthday. And I'm um, I'm well, we'll have to see. Abby, do you know who Bob Euker is? You know, Mark
2: and
3: I talked about this a little earlier. Oh, so it's so not yes, fair. but if you—if I hadn't, then the name
4: just sounds familiar. Okay, like Bob Uecker is the man, the myth, the legend. Um, I him in Major League, which, by the way, is one of the most underrated movies of all time, and Mr. Belvedere.
3: On that topic, he turns ninety today. By the way, the wind
1: up in his first offering, yes. just a bit outside. He tried the corner and missed.
3: All four. And then, of course, you know, this was what he was also known for. Look, Bob Uecker was a cardinal. Right? He played for Mike Shannon. He was a major league yes. player. He always makes fun of himself because he wasn't a, a, a good major league baseball player. But he did these Miller-like commercials, remember? You know,
1: one of the best things about being an ex-big leaguer is getting freebies to the game. Call the front office. Bingo. And once these fans recognize me, I probably won't even have to pay for my light beer from Miller.
5: No!
3: I love him. I must be in the front row. You remember I that, must of course. Be in the and he front was on row. Carson so often. Now, I worked with Bob He's for funny. nine and a half years in Milwaukee. He was uh, the voice of the Milwaukee Brewers. He still is, which is amazing to me. Ninety years old today. He's one of the. And I've said this to people. And Bob, Bob was never a guy that you could get close with. I will say that because he. Uh, there's an era where the celebrities are just celebrities, right? So he was right. a little hard, but I will say this, and I've, I was with him enough times to know he's one of the funniest damn people I've ever been around, he especially if uh, there's a little alcohol involved. I've had dinner with him, like in a setting where there's, you know, 10 people at a table right. for a charity event. There is nobody funnier roll. than Bob Euchre. I'm yeah. telling you, which is why he went on Carson all those times in yeah.
4: the 80s. He was great. He's great. All right, so we're going to go back in the time machine a little bit. Um, it's been four years since uh, Goby Bryant died in a helicopter crash along with his wow. 13-year-old daughter. Yeah, and seven other people. So that four years already. Um, 14 years ago in 2010. So that would have been right before
3: the start of COVID. Yes. Yeah, it was. That's right. It was.
4: Yep. Um, that funeral. Oh, it was heartbreaking. Um, watching, you know, like Michael Jordan cry. You just, you know, that's when you know Shaq and all of them. Oh, But anyway, all right, in 2010, Avatar became the highest grossing film of all time, replacing the previous record holder, name it. Anybody have any guesses? Titanic? Yes.
3: Yeah. Good job. Well, that was going to be my guess. Abby beat me to it. Good job.
4: (laughs) I mean, they're both Cameron movies, which is very interesting.
3: Did you ever see the second one?
4: The Avatar? Yeah. No. I never did either. Nope. Nope. The first one made me nauseous in the theater, so I said, nope. And, um, okay, 45 years ago, this is sad because I remember this, in 1979, The Dukes of Hazard," <laughs> starring John Schneider and Tom Wopat, premiered on CBS. It's what? sad
3: because you remember it.
4: Oh, I remember Dukes of Hazard. Who doesn't? Come on. I remember
3: on. Daisy Dukes.
4: They, well, yeah, don't... Yeah, all the men do. And, um, <laughs> but yeah, the women like Schneider and Wopat, so that, that was... Yeah, that was not brilliant television.
3: I had a brother uh, who died when he was 27 years old, my brother Darren, and he... That was his favorite damn show, The Dukes of Hazard. Yeah, there were just, people it
4: was cult-like. Yeah. It was never like that. I was like Starsky and Hutch, cult-like. But I was never cult-like about Dukes a hazard, But I remember, remember, we didn't have cable. So we were stuck with the TV that was on, you know. Very true. Yes. Okay. 25 years ago, everyone in St. Louis could remember this. Um, Pope John Paul II visited St. Louis. And it was a big, big deal. Um, the Pope mobile going down the street. And um, they had that wonderful, like, ceremony show with all the kids um at the arena or i guess it was it enterprise then no it was probably the arena back then yeah i
3: don't know but my family and i were just talking about this and i learned that that's why we got lights on the arch for yeah. him to see it at night. Yeah, I, didn't know I mean,
4: that. that's pretty amazing. But yeah. yeah, I mean, we were excited. I mean, my I had to work. Well, it was a big deal. I, I, was. Look, I,
3: I was, I just mentioned my time in Milwaukee. I was in Milwaukee, but it was a huge global story. We had yes. correspondents from WTMJ that actually came down to St. Louis. Here's a little sample. I will always remember St. Louis. I will remember all of you. God bless St. Louis. God bless America. And Fred, you covered that as yeah. the religion editor for Cam Wax, right?
2: Yeah, I coordinated our coverage for it and, and that was a big deal, man. We did it nonstop, almost, you know, ongoing coverage the whole time. What's the second yeah. cut I have here? Well, he was when he was here he did he did several things. He did a a, a mass for the biggest mass in the United States, was 104,000 people at the Trans World Dome. Mm-hmm. He did an evening vespers service at the Cathedral Basilica, and he did a youth that rally. was great at the Keel Center. That's right, it for was a Keel. 24,000 young people, and this is what he said there.
3: There was much excitement in St. Louis during the recent baseball season.
4: Aguilio.
3: Sammy, Sammy Sosa. Sosa. Well, yeah, I had to cut it right, there because
2: right. the applause went forever. It, on it sounded like longer, it was going to. Longer, and didn't
4: they give him a blues hockey stick? I, I, him I that. A hockey that. Yes, they did yeah. it. He loved it. He nice. Love it. <laughs> he was a sports fan.
2: And I, I guess that was also the trip where he met with President Clinton. And he also convinced Governor Mel Carnahan to commute commute the death sentence. Yes, that was like the big
4: deal. I mean, he was set to be executed. The Pope met with the governor and convinced the governor to commute the guy to life. And kind so, of hard. I
3: mean, look, even even if you want the guy to be removed from the planet, the Pope comes to you, right? Right. Like, oh Especially yeah, I'm that gonna... Pope.
4: Yeah, you're like, <laughs> okay, let's see. Do I say yes to the Pope or do I get <laughs> right. struck by lightning? I mean, right. <laughs> so yeah. So anyway, so there you go. That was in in this uh, you know this day in history. Now, um, this is a, a crazy story. Um, a, sub, a suburban Philadelphia man is accused of stabbing to death a neighbor with whom he had had a long feud with. Over the man's loud snoring that could be heard through a wall connecting their homes oh my I mean this is like he and he was kind of openness open and notorious about it I mean he was charged and um, I mean they saw like that the screen had been taken out and there was like a blood trail so I mean it, it didn't take them long so, to oh, figure oh, oh, out Wait the neighbor he gets annoyed that
3: the guy's snoring
4: yes and they had fought over it for years I mean like several police calls The police coming out because the guy was evidently so loud. He even, the neighbor, yeah, even agreed to help pay for the surgery to fix his nose to stop it. I mean, that's how bad the guy. Wow. Yeah, I mean. would it be
3: easier just to find a new apartment?
4: Maybe. (laughs) But I mean, that was like some, I mean, you're agreeing to pay for surgery and then you stab the guy. I mean, it must have been bad. So, I mean, you know, snoring is bad. I mean, it's rough if you're the one who can't sleep, I must say. So, Joe, um, that
3: sounds like um, yeah. you that, that well, Jane is talking about. Judge, I've never there thought
4: about a, I've never thought about stabbing <laughs> a pillow. Yes, not stabbing. I I have my –
3: you've met – Jane, you might have met my friend Mo Lewis, who does radio at BXR in Columbia. We've been dear friends since the early 80s when we both went to Parkway West. He was like the first guy that trained me at the legendary big stick 10-watt radio station, KYMC, where I started. But we used to travel and go to – mainly to Churchill Downs, the Kentucky Derby, and some other places when we were younger. And I mean, I would – throw pillows at him in the middle of the night when we yeah. shared hotel rooms because yeah. it was just god awful I couldn't sleep at all. Yeah,
4: no, and, and when you go like days and days without sleep, you start getting a little buggy. I mean, ah! Oh, yeah. I, was,
2: I was on a camping trip with a guy that snored so loudly. I would think I thought animals were leaving the area.
4: <laughs> it, was just, it was
2: horrible. And
4: you're thinking this person can't be sleeping well. I mean, this is like you have to think it's a heart attack waiting to happen, but maybe you should have waited for the heart attack instead of stabbing him. I you know. So, all right, this one's kind of creepy. Um, pet owners who are exceedingly attached to their furry friends, sometimes they go to the trouble of actually getting them preserved through taxidermy.
3: I've heard this before.
4: You, you, have you heard know. about this one? I, I've heard,
3: no, not this one, but I know people do they it. They do
4: it. So this woman um, had a dwarf hamster named Hammy, and the, the, the hamster passed away, and the owner, who lives in the U.K., um, went to the local taxidermist, Wanting to immortalize her beloved pet. Hammy. Her Hammy. Just call him by his name. Yeah. He was so iconic that they had him um, pole dancing like a stripper. Oh, no. no, and that's how they preserved him. Oh, no, this is so creepy. Okay, that's
3: kind of funny, though. It is hilarious.
4: So they had him. They posed Hammy on a small pat- platform with a pole and and sewed a little thong on him to wear. No. Yeah, and it was stuffed with tiny dollar bills. And um yeah, and then he had kind of a cre- creepy smile. But yeah, he had the dollar bills. So Hammy got preserved as a pole stripper. See?
2: That's so wrong.
4: <laughs> Something for you to think about, okay? And you thought you knew weird people. Um this is just a don't try this at home. Okay,
3: well, we gotta wrap it up though. So all right, well Sue, this one's quick. Sue usually says, Hey, do I have time for one more? That's your training when you yeah. have to look at the clock.
4: Okay, so some guy tried to <laughs> tried to open his bag of potato chips with a liar with a lighter. And um, he got third-degree burns over 75% of your, his body. Ooh. So don't ever try to light on fire a bag of potato chips. Well, wouldn't it
3: just go, Phew, Like, that's well, probably what happened, Well, yeah, because it's happened, all the right? grease. Yeah,
4: yeah. Idiots. So that, yeah, that was, <laughs> yeah, that was the idiot thing. So, anyway, Sue's News, brought to you by Jane, um, is also brought to you by Mr. Appliance, Speedy Expert Service, Mr. Appliance.com. Now, I have... Random facts. I actually have two because they're short. One... NASA has its own music station called Third Rock Radio. I did not know that. Which did is you know adorable. That? No, yeah, I did not. I like that. Okay, this one I was totally surprised by. 80% of the population of the United States lives within a two-hour flight of Atlanta.
2: I guess that's why Atlanta is like the Whoa. busiest airport. Yeah. Eighty percent. I mean,
4: that's like when you think about. I guess California. Well, it makes sense just because
3: you have all the states out west that don't have nearly the population, and it's so concentrated in the south. There you go. We learned something today. A couple things from Jane's News. We got Paul Hall on entertainment. Cusimano comes up at four forty-five.
0: Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced.
1: Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy.
3: Paul Hall joins us on entertainment. We're going to talk about several things, including a new movie on Prime called The Underdogs. I was a football legend.
4: You pled guilty to charges of speeding and damage to city property. I'm recommending community service with the Long Beach Recreations Department.
3: I thought I was getting like some Martha Stewart kind of treatment. You are too good for the community that raised you. Good afternoon, Mr. Hall. How are you? (laughs) The Underdogs, one of the releases this week. I, I'm well, hey, I'm first off, let me say, I'm glad you paid uh, a, a happy birthday
0: message for Bob Euchre. For me, just like Jack Buck was to St. Louis and, and Cardinal baseball for so many years, Milwaukee baseball on a Sunday afternoon when it's sunny outside, and you hear Bob Euchre on your radio, life is good. Everything is good, and that's what euchre does. Major League is on Max right now, for those of you who want to go back and check it out.
3: Well, you know, we experienced some of the uh, some of the Love storytelling it. from Mike Shannon over the years. One of my favorite things when I was in Milwaukee, because as you know, the Brewers weren't always as good as they are in the more recent no. era. And when you would get to August and they were completely out of the race, August and September with Bob eucher and my friend Jim Powell, who was on the broadcast team at the time. Yeah. It was pretty much Bob sharing stories. And the, the funniest thing, and I looked for a clip of this, Paul. I don't know if you ever remember this. It's not out there online, and it's probably because it's like non-PC. Every time they would go to Montreal, because there used to be a Montreal, right? Mm-hmm yeah Euchre would do this bit where he was this French-Canadian <laughs> broadcaster, and he'd no. do this impersonation, and it was just flat-out hilarious. And they do it nuts. all the time. He yeah. is nuts. He's he is nuts. nuts. All right, tell us yeah. about the underdogs here. Well, let's talk about
0: the underdogs. This is Snoop Dogg as a football coach. Well, he's doing community service that gets him to be a football coach because he doesn't want to pick up dog poo in the park. Go figure. This is a movie that is totally and completely not uh for the youngest around, don't think this is a kid's movie like a Little Giants or something like that. Uh-huh. No, this is more of a movie for that would be a cross between old say Super Bad and some of the other very, very hard edged uh, r rated movies at times. You're not gonna like the language in here if you don't like language i mean
3: if 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 you're not a fan. Well, what if you're like me and you're fond of profanity?
4: Yeah.
0: It's funny. It, yeah, yeah. it is
3: funny. It is great to see. He, You get
0: a lot of cameos from people you know, from Tony Gonzalez to Michael Strahan. And quite frankly, you get the epilogue at the end as they run the credits. And I did not know this. Snoop has hosted and and sponsored... Uh, an L.A. underprivileged youth football program for years, and he, this is just totally part of who he is. Aww, Motivational, cool. funny, and, and very raw, but it's on Prime Video now uh, with Snoop Dogg, Tika Sumter, and Mike Epps, the very funny Mike Epps. That is awesome. So okay, I, I, like I sat that.
3: down earlier today, and I was going to try to watch some of this particular show, which just debuted on Apple TV+. Plus. Something big is brewing.
5: The 8th will be sent in the largest air armada ever assembled in the history of mankind.
1: Straight into Hitler's territory.
3: in incomplete and total air superiority. That's the mission. You know, more um, of the more members of the 8th Air Force died in World War II than all of the Marines in World War II, which is quite stunning. And uh, I'm very curious about this, but also this afternoon, Paul, I don't know if you heard me talking about this, Bud Hedy is yeah. going to be back with us. Bud was in um, that unit, and he flew missions many of them over germany he's going to join us in the next hour he was a great guest last year he had just been back from belgium he's 98 years old right now and masters of the air started today on apple tv plus have you had a chance to sample it
0: yeah i have gotten into a couple episodes already there's a total of nine episodes that are going to come out one a week there's two up right now on apple tv plus this is a story of uh, just these, this group of men flying and it's very raw it's from some of the people that gave us band of brothers in the pacific right. so you can kind of know where you're getting with it it's a little slow to get started but once it gets going i'm telling you you're up in the air austin butler stars you may remember him from uh, Elvis, Elvis. Uh, a couple yeah. years back yeah so there's a little issues with his accent from time to time but hey barry key hogan others that you recognize in here but like with all movies of the and series of this type of ilk It's not about who the actors are. It's about making them be part of the scene, part of the scenery, part of the look, part of the feel of everything that's going on. And you feel everything here as the guns uh, blare out. It takes you back to a time uh, where we didn't have all this radar-indicated planes that would show you everything that would lock in, quote-unquote, tones or something like Top Gun.
3: This is raw dark fighting among the men there. It's pretty impressive one of the things you know maybe this is unfair but i'm just going to tell you first impressions from seeing the trailer and i i think you remember and jane you remember too i rewatched in the fall band of brothers and i have seen it two times but this this seemed in my concern was this seemed a little bit more slicker than the rawness that i experienced with band of brothers now band Hmm. of brothers was made in a different era which maybe that's the reason it didn't come off as slick so i was was it too polished for your liking at all or not you know, I don't. I can't say it
0: wasn't more polished than Band of, Band of Brothers, because it was. That, that's for sure. But it still had that rawness, that edge to it. It wasn't mm. quite at the level. Band of Brothers was something that I don't think can be recreated anytime really soon. No, Even the Pacific didn't quite get no, there. It didn't. The Pacific right, didn't do it. Right. You're right
3: about that. That's why I was kind of concerned. All right. What else we got to talk about? Because Jane and I have some questions about shows as well. Prime Video started a new series called Expats. This is with Nicole ah. Kidman. It's a it's a fascinating little
0: series about something that had happened as she's uh, uh, living overseas a- in Korea, and it, something happened, but you don't really know what it was. You get through a couple episodes, you'll find out what that was, and it uh, devastated lives and changed lives. From one of the directors, or from the director of the farewell. Uh, this is really a cool series, and it's going to oh, kind good. of build throughout list. the year. Yeah, uh, I like it. Nicole Kidman is always great to watch. They've got a good story, and they're unveiling it very slowly in a way um, that doesn't—you know—it takes advantage of the fact that it's on Prime Video versus like on a network because you do deal with language, you deal with sexuality, you deal with things that you couldn't put on regular TV. Got it. All awesome. right. Well,
3: Jane and I were both fans, and you uh, had you wrapped up American Nightmare on Netflix, the documentary. Yes, I watched no, it. No, Paul hasn't. All right, so that that would be, I think, must watch. That my is mom and dad heard watch. me talking about this the other day, and my mom thought it was a movie. It's not a movie; it's a three-part documentary yep. based on a true story of. And Jane, I don't want to say too much about it because I think it's better for people to go in a little cold. They may remember some of the details of this case. Yes. from yes. California, where there was an alleged kidnapping, and then the police really didn't believe the uh, the victims at all. But it turned out that they were actually telling the truth, and the story gets crazier from there. So that oh, would be. I I mean, it takes so
4: many twists and turns, and you're just like the only criticism I would have
3: is mostly uh, the same thing as a lot of these documentaries on Netflix, where it probably would serve just fine as an 85 minute documentary, but they like to stretch it into three parts. And I get it because that's the format of Netflix. But Paul, that one was really good.
4: Lots of twists and turns. You
3: you wrapped Fargo. Yes, I thought Fargo was great outside of the last episode.
4: I actually (laughs) the last episode didn't really bother me. Okay, I mean, but John Hamm is the bad guy. That guy has a future in being the bad guy. He <laughs> was—I thought he was. I mean, do you know what? Isn't it Juno Temple? Yeah, love her From Ted Lasso. Yeah. yeah, love her, and you know her little MacGyver deal is kind of. How about Mary
3: Stewart Masterson yeah, in that yeah. show? Yeah, she
4: was bizarre at Fantastic. first. It was first I was like, this is too weird. I can't even listen to her. But then I really got into her. But John Hamm is the bad guy. It only made him hotter, I have to say it. I know, I know. You You would think being the bad guy, but no, he was so hot. It's a creepy
3: bad guy, too. And it
4: is. It's very disturbing, and he got more disturbing as it went on. So, all right. So, but I
3: need, I really do. I need, I've gone through a bunch of different shows recently. Maybe some other people in the audience are sort of in this camp too. I I wrapped up because Jane recommended, Paul, I don't know what you said or if you ever recommended Slow Horses on Apple TV Plus, which is um, three seasons in. They just renewed it for a fifth season. Fourth season will come out this year. Gary Oldman, it's a kind of a British spy thriller. Uh, It was the first show that I've ever had to watch with the closed captioning. Yes, you have to because they talk so fast. I hate that, but I couldn't
4: understand (laughs) half of what he was saying. And you would miss it, especially Gary Oldman. I mean, yes. And he's so brilliant. I mean, and the stuff that comes out of his mouth, it's its very well written. Um, I thought it was a
3: decent show. It's not like oh, I won't put it I in the top it. tier, but I thought it was pretty good. I loved it. All right, it. so
4: what's my next show? Well, I don't know, but you got to watch the movie Ferrari.
3: I haven't seen that, Paul.
4: Oh, okay, all right, yeah.
3: No, he, yeah, it's a good choice.
4: It's a very good choice, and the reason—I mean, I think Penelope Cruz got snubbed by not getting a nod for best supporting. I thought she was amazing as his wife— um, I mean, Adam Driver is always good. Like you look at him and you're like, forget that it's him, which he's good at that. Yeah,
3: he's almost unrecognizable. When I first he saw the is. trailer for this, I'm like, oh, that's Adam Driver. Yeah. This could kind of segue us into a conversation. The Critics' Choice Awards were last week, of course. Mm-hmm. The Oscar nominations came out on Tuesday morning. All of the buzz was about Barbie, and the whole point of the movie, I guess, was alluded by the Academy voters, Paul, because they nominate Barbie, but or, I'm sorry, they nominate Ken, but they don't nominate no Barbie. Barbie and Barbie's director. Do. They? Today.
4: it's interesting Perm-
3: permission to rant
4: yes yep. please Feel go free. <laughs> you might have people you know, who agree it, with you
0: <laughs> quite frankly here's the deal i have never voted in the critics choice awards or anything in my life whether it's a political election or any other voting that i've had to do based on wanting a certain gender color or person personality i should say in place just because the people want a female to be nominated from Barbie doesn't mean that's who you should nominate. That also doesn't mean that necessarily Ken didn't deserve to be there. However, when it comes to voting in movie awards, you have a limited number of spots to vote for. Yep. You can't vote for everybody. If you put any of these characters in, you have to take somebody out. And I defy people to tell me how many of these people don't deserve
3: it. Tell me to my face, this person does not deserve to be nominated. All right. Well, I'll ask a question about that. And I can't make this judgment because I've not seen Killers of the Flower Moon yet. But can you and I hated Barbie, so I'm not making the case. And I like Greta Gerwig as a director. But let's just say you loved Barbie. You thought that she deserved an Oscar. Can you make the case that Martin Scorsese is at the top of his game with Killers of the Flower Moon or not? I, mean, I think it, he's. I think he's definitely yeah. in the top five. Okay, and
0: yeah, that's the problem. A, yeah. Greta Gerwig will be nominated for an Oscar at some point. I guarantee you, she's that
3: talented. She's very good at what she does. Well,
4: Barbie should not I, ever move Killer. Barbie should not be that not legacy movie for her. Right. Well, Barbie should not, not even course. be
3: an awards consideration. Okay, that's let's, I mean, let's just go with that.
4: Even if you, you know, even if you want to try to make an argument for that, but to say that she would get in over Scorsese is not. You can't. Say is it.
3: Oppenheimer going to win? Then is that the prohibitive favorite right now? It shouldn't be. It shouldn't be a Scorsese. I'm voting for Scorsese because I love Scorsese.
0: It should be because Scorsese did good work in this project. Too many people vote for people in these awards based on what they've done in the past and their popularity. Or, you know, you should vote for a female because it's Barbie. Barbie wasn't very good. It was a very popular movie, and it made a lot of people very, very happy. There's no question. It wasn't a very good movie when it comes to awards. It just wasn't. And I and I defy people, you know, people are gonna argue that with me forever, but I will stand by
3: that. It didn't deserve to be nominated.
4: Well, well, Killer I, I don't Moon was better with
3: that at all. I, I can't even frankly, believe Frankly,
4: Ferrari was better.
3: I think Barbie would be in the category for me with the most overpraised movie of the century, really. But again, yeah. I, I'm the outlier because people loved it. Paul, tell folks where they can find your reviews. It's simple. comingguy.com dot com. And hey, if you want something inspirational, check out
0: The Hill netflix it's actually a very inspirational uh, family-friendly type
3: film if you're looking for that okay. what's that one about i don't know that one
0: it's a uh kid named ricky hill he had uh, braces on his legs and he kind of overcomes everything dennis quaid plays his dad totally not in his park uh in his camp for so long he was a pastor he turned him down and uh this kid had some drive to become something special based on a true story It's a very inspirational film, and we don't get enough of those. So I know there's some people that kind of shy away from them, but The Hill is out on
3: Netflix right right, now. In fact, if you look most places, it's number one on Netflix right now. There's your feel-good movie of the weekend. Check out Bud Hedeky, who's coming up here after 5 o'clock, who is going to have some things to say about Masters of the Air because he's one of the guys that they base the series on. Paul, take care. Have a great week. Good deal. Take care. All right, we're hoping is going to jump on the uh, line with us here in just a couple of minutes. We visit with him from Channel 5 every Friday afternoon. You know, the uh, the Blues are going for four in a row against the Kraken tonight, Jane. That's,
4: that's good. I mean, I like hearing things like four in a row. Yeah,
3: I mean, how that, about that, it, Kusimano? That mean? Four, four, four in, a in a row possible,
4: right?
5: Yes. And, you know, for the first time since 2022, there are four games over 500. And I'm yeah. telling you, it's not just the wins it's the fact that you're down 3-1 in Calgary and you win with 58 seconds to go. And then the next night against the best team in hockey, you win in overtime. So the, the back-to-back, that you did this in a 24-hour time span, and now you're going to play your third game in four days. If you can come back with six points after this trip, that would just be awesome.
4: That would be great. I mean, it does give you hope. You're like, okay, is this thing finally gelling, you know, for the rest of the season, or are we just seeing a bump that might go away.
3: Hey, by the way, on the hockey front, I saw this this morning. I can't even remember which team it was. But there was a team, was it Boston, that was on the power play? and Guy missed the pass, and essentially it was an own goal. Did you see that, Frank? Oh, I, I have not. Oh, it's pretty good. Like to, you got to dig oh, that wow. one up. God, yeah, bless the guy. he kind of messed the pass; it went into the goal, and That's and not fun. and that was that. All right, we have a big football weekend forthcoming. You know, we talked last week, and I, I felt pretty good about the Packers at least not getting smoked in that game, and they didn't, and they really should have won. And we talked about the Chiefs and whether or not they were good enough to beat the Bills in Buffalo, and you got that Patrick Mahomes factor. So then the question becomes. Packers are gone, so I've got to move on to my other team. Luckily, I have two teams, Frank. Can the Chiefs do it against Lamar and the Ravens this weekend? The numbers are stacked against them. There's no doubt about that.
5: Yeah, I think Baltimore is going to win the game. They won. They lost three games this season uh, with their starters. I don't count the last game of the season when they didn't play them. And in those three losses, they were either – had the lead or tied in the final couple of minutes. I mean, that they're that close to being that good this season. This is Lamar Jackson's year. I know it sounds crazy to ever bet against Patrick Mahomes in the postseason, but tomorrow, I mean, on Sunday, they're going to play their first AFC championship game in Baltimore since 1971. All the greats from the past are going to be out on that field. It's the biggest game in that franchise in a long long time. I know they've won some Super Bowls in between, but this is a different Lamar Jackson. I think they find a way to win and throw in the fact that he's getting back his tight end, Mark Andrews, yeah, that's who's huge. one of the best players in football. Yeah, yeah I, I, I respect Steve Spagnola, but I, I don't
3: think he's going to have an answer for Lamar Jackson this weekend. I would like to see the Lions win in the NFC because just it's something different. I like Dan yeah. Campbell. I feel even though they're a division rival of the Packers, you got to feel bad for the fans in Detroit, everything they've gone through. And even when they looked like they were going to improve years ago, when Stafford was there, they always had setbacks. So we'll see if they can get it done. But of course, San Francisco goes tough as well. I, I think this one might be the game of the weekend, obviously.
5: Yeah, I don't know, though. That, that the heavyweight championship fight of Lamar against Patrick Holmes is really good, but each one of them is going to be great. Bottom line is, you better not have anything planned on Sunday because from 2 o'clock to 9 o'clock, you're going to be completely captivated by these championship games. And, you know, the Lions... I'm with you. I would love to see it. They have Sam Laporta from Highland, Jack Fox from Ladue, Jamison Williams from Cardinal Ritter. You, They you have a lovable coach. It's been so long. But I just, I've just i seen that Lions defense enough, and I think Kyle Shanahan, and if De'Amel Samuel's healthy, I think they're going to score some points. I think San Francisco's going to find a way to win. Hope I'm completely
3: wrong on that one. Well, I think the Debo factor is important because he went out of that game last week with an injury, and that certainly changed the dynamics of the 49ers. So I think that is a that is a big factor. You know, we're, we're just a couple of weeks away from spring training. Um, things are pretty quiet. I read a piece a couple of days ago from one of the ESPN guys. I mean, there's a fair amount of free agents still out there. I don't know if you're sensing anything else that might be done by the Cardinals. I think the prediction in the piece that I read is that these guys will probably be there till the end of February, maybe even March. So what are you hearing in the baseball world? Or are we just going to kind of put forward here in a couple of weeks and see what we got frank
5: well do either of you two remember the store in st louis called sims s-y-m-s yes, yes. i do okay. not it used okay it used to be on brentwood boulevard mm-hmm. and it was one of these shops mainly men's clothing but a lot of women's clothing too that if you went in there late on a sale you could find an armani or a hugo boss for like 200 yep. bucks and you felt like this is unbelievable that's where i equate this free agent situation right now is that as we get closer to the 11th hour, you may find an Armani at a dirt-cheap price because there are some really quality players out there, like Jorge Sorlair, who will hit 35 home runs and drive in 110. And if he's looking for a big deal, he doesn't have anything. Well, you know what? I'll take a one-year deal with the Cardinals for 10 or $11 million. I don't think John Blazaloc is actively shopping, but it wouldn't surprise me if he's browsing for sales and buys late in this free agency season
4: interesting bargain bargain shopping huh okay
3: yes the best kind I hope,
4: yeah yeah if, if, if yeah if you can find the deals.
3: You know, um, I wanted to toss in just a plug for the Australian Open because it's been really, really entertaining. The difficulty is, and I don't know if you guys watch very much, is the time difference because there were matches that take place, you know, and Djokovic was out last night. I think his match started in a relatively, um, you know, decent time. It was late last night, 930, I think, central. It's been tough to watch these matches, but some really, really good, uh, good matches at the Australian Open, Frank. I don't know how much you cover that, but really good tennis.
5: Yeah, I, I get a kick out of that uh, two shot or that three shot of the broadcasters right before they go on. And it looks like they're like in a little cave and it's real dark in there. But, yeah, it's, it's definitely great tennis. Well, and Medved, Medved
3: hmm. had won his match, so he lo- loses the two first two sets. This will kind of give you an example in the uh, men's semifinal. Um he, he loses 7-5, 6-3. Then he wins the next two, 7-6, 7-6 in a tiebreaker, and he comes back and wins 6-3. And there have been wow. just back and forth wow. that has been really, really dramatic at the Australian Open. What's coming up on Sunday night on Sports Plus?
5: Uh, we're going to have actually in-studio live to break down everything St. Louis-wise. We have 90 years of total experience. Randy Carriker, ESPN Radio, Kevin Wheeler. Uh, From your fine station, is going to be in studio with us. And then we're also going to have a cool story about a young lady named Ashley McFadden, who is a COVID long hauler. She's had it for like four years. It won't go away. They can't really treat the disease, but the symptoms. But in the meantime, oh, by the way, two weekends ago, she ran a half marathon one day and a full marathon the next. It's an unbelievable story of courage. She's something else.
3: Will you be, um, you know, I can make her up for an interview, satellite, in person, you name it. Alexa Reardon going to Mizzou to swim with the Rockwood Swim Club tomorrow in a meet. So if you're looking for something, you need to fill some time. I'm there for you, Frank, on Sunday night to get my daughter.
5: Well, I didn't think she was talking in the media this week, but if she's available, we'll
3: definitely do the story. You have a great weekend. Oh, she is. She's entertaining. Frank, we'll talk Monday afternoon. Take care. All right. Yeah, she came in and did the show with me this week, Jane, because they had a snow day. On that front, and I I think you're kind of with me on this issue. It's interesting. We talk on the round table about a lot of things we don't agree with. Leah Thomas is now making a move to try to qualify for the women's Olympic team.
4: Oh, come on.
3: That's what I say. World Aquatics bans biological males from competing in women's races. And obviously, the irony there is that Thomas played a role in that ban coming to fruition. Um, She's three months... Removed now from winning the 500 yard women's freestyle in the 2022 NCAA championship. Has she transitioned? Oh, no, I'm sorry. Three months after that happened, they issued that ban right. on any athlete who had gone through male puberty. She has done that. Yes. And she, well, we know that because she started her career in the men's division, right? Yes. She wants that ban. He wants that ban wiped away. They are um, trying to do something in courts to overturn. The world aquatics ruling, and she's heading to court and see what happens here. Uh, it's just ridiculous. It really, I mean, you know, I have a great piece of audio. I don't have time to play it. Well, you know what? Maybe I do. This may be my audio cut of the day a little bit later. What are we going to say as I pull this well, up? Well, no,
4: I mean, I, I just think, well, first of all, she hasn't transitioned. So, like, this is not even a close call. Okay, I mean, l-
3: listen to this, because I only have 90 seconds. This is a guy in Oregon. This might be still audio cut of the day. Last night,
1: uh, my wife and I resigned our uh, head coaching positions for varsity and JV girls tennis at our high school we were at. For the last 25 years, I've coached uh, varsity basketball, varsity tennis, coached in over 1,090 games, won 667 and lost 423, have had a lot of success. But I finally reached the point where I had to resign last night because of boys playing girls tennis. And the reason we did is we're just not going to support boys playing girls sports. This is wrong on every level. These are not girls. They're boys saying they're a girl. They're playing a false sport. Come
3: back and play a girls sport and go back to playing a boys sport. It's ridiculous. Oh, so, that's, anyway, that, that's agrees. I'm going to feature that, I believe, in Audio Cut of the Day coming up here. Bud Hedeke, who was a fighter pilot in World War II. They have the new show, Masters of the Air. I think Bud actually consulted just a little bit. He chimed in on this. He's featured in a great documentary on Max about these fighter pilots. So, that's coming up. And then Liz Collin, who made the documentary, The Fall of Minneapolis, about George Floyd, which is outstanding. Jane, have a great weekend. You too. I will talk to you soon. Get more at 971talk.com.